Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. I'm already excited to see the return of your face. <laughs> but yeah, Bruna tops on that one. The accent thing. She's really good. Although the only thing Irish people really have going for them is their accent. Yeah, but... We're not good looking. <laughs> not at all. Okay. <laughs> You're not meant to back me up when I say It's a bit harsh, isn't it? The only thing is, when when we're good looking, we're like extremely good looking, and when and then the rest is just really average. It's all nothing, basically. All or nothing. Yeah, that's how it is with Ireland. All or nothing. <laughs> but look at it. Who's that guy? Colin Farrell. He's pretty handsome. Yeah, he is. Shane from Westlife. Shane from. <laughs> Which one is he? Is he the one with the brown hair? They've all got brown hair, don't they? No, one of them's got blonde. Is Ellen McGregor Irish? Conor McGregor? No. <laughs> Who's Alan The McGregor? one that plays Obi-Wan Kenobi. No, I don't think so. Is he Irish? No, is not Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah. Which one is he? Ellen McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ewan McGregor. No, he's yeah. Scottish. Ah, uh, see, I don't pronounce Irish. everything right. Ah. <laughs> That's the only thing we've got going for us is our accent. The rest of you have all got like, you know... Great cultural history and, you know, great taste in yeah. clothes and all of that sort of thing. We just got a nice Great food. Great food. I mean, you got to be proud of it. We got what? Got proud of it. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's all you've got. Anyway, joining me, Ema Court, on today's One Football Podcast is Bruno Fernandes. Hi. Matt Froelich. Hey. And Andrea Agostinelli. Hey. Should you wish to get in touch via podcast? At, oh, God. Let me try all of that again. Should you wish to get in touch, it's podcast at onefootball.com. We really appreciate all of the questions, so please keep them coming in. And if you've time to pop over to iTunes store, leave a comment, leave a rating, let us know how you think we're doing. That would be fantastic too. Bruna, mm-hmm. can you tell the story about your mom? Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So okay. my mom is a huge, mega fan, fanatic of Atlético Mineiro in Brazil. And she like listens to the games on this radio that is a famous radio in my region that is only for football. And she listens to it at like two in the morning. And then she became famous in it because she keeps like sending messages to them and they say, oh, this is Luisa Fernandez from Paris. And so like, she's a star. She's a star in Brazil. (laughs) So she gets up at 2 a.m. to listen to a radio show in Brazil. Yeah, she does. Actually, she listens to the games and also sometimes the radio show. Yep, and she sends messages to them and everything. So she listens to crazy. the games on radio. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Old style, because that's the only way. My dad is sleeping next to her, mm-hmm. and she listens to the radio like really low next to her ear. Does she scream when they score? Yeah, no, no. She, <laughs> she, Has she ever woken up your dad from yeah, like screaming? Like, wow, what a goal! Sometimes, like during a little noise or something. My dad also loves this team, but my mom's like way crazier. And she's actually the like the creator of the. Um, you know, when you have like uh, the supporters that mm-hmm. organize themselves in another country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is the one that created that in Paris, and so Not she's really. like the president of it. Yeah. She's the president of like the supporters club. Or whatever yeah, it is. yeah. yeah. It's and called, is there many? Oh. Is there many there? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty a good amount of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they for Atletico Mineiro in Paris. Yeah, because there's a lot of Brazilians. Uh, I mean, there's yeah. a, a little group that like they meet every week or so in in uh-huh. a bar. Yeah. Um. So and it's her birthday soon, so I know she's listening to the podcast. Okay. So happy birthday! Wow. I don't think the podcast is going to get any better than that. No. no. <laughs> I don't know if there's any more dedicated fans out there than your mom. 
no, I think she's the best one. Uh, so there have been many requests over the past few weeks to talk about Serie A. So we're going to give the people what they want uh, with Andrea. Firstly, Italy played yeah. Finland. Yeah. And they played Greece. Yeah. Two now wins. we play... Oh. Armenia. Armenia. Armenia, yeah. I don't know where I got Greece from. <laughs> uh, anything worth talking about from these two games? Uh, we won. That's fine. We okay. I went away from get to the qualification. Mm-hmm. Fine enough for, from where we were coming from. I mean, not playing the World Cup was like the lowest point ever in history of Italian football. So, team is looking great. Mancini has done a great, great job. I'm waiting for tougher matches before, like, make a, a judgment about the team, honestly. Does he still wear the scarf? Not really. Okay. But it's getting more and more handsome with the times. Who, Mancini? Yeah. Ah, oh, don't even yeah. get me started. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's his former team that I wanted to talk about yeah. in Inter. Yeah. Or let's kick it off. We'll talk about how serious their title bid should be considered in a minute. But uh, first, we've got to talk about the treatment of Romelu Lukaku. Okay, yeah. And what happened in Cagliari. Uh, not the first time it's happened in Cagliari. It's not the first time it's happening in Serie A either. Like, honestly, uh, last when we did the podcast for the review of the season, I said that I was, like, uh, angry for the way the league tackled this, uh, this pro because they went from zero tolerance at all from, yeah, let it happen, it's fine. What really happened with, uh, during Cagliari Inter is that uh, some people uh, abused Lukaku with monkey chants. Mm-hmm. He responded by scoring the penalty and then staring at them and posting a message on Instagram like calling all the federations to take action about that and mm-hmm. also the players to take a, uh, a stand uh, over the, the argument. It felt like it was over in some way because the federations say, yeah, we're going to have further investigations about that. Uh, but then things escalated, like in a way that uh, part of the uh, Ultras fans of Inter released a statement that was out of the world. don't know if you have read it. I got like I got here like the the best sentence is best the worst sentence is please consider this attitude of Italian fans as a form of respect for the fact that they are afraid of you for the goals you might score against their teams and not because they hate you or they are racist. Ugh. Yeah, they basically said that racism they, isn't a problem. No, they, they what they said is that there's a code inside stadium where basically everything is allowed. You, we're not racist. We just don't want you to score. And it's it's more like an ultra score. I think it's something that Bruno also said last week about the France, uh, yeah. the homophobic chants. It's something like those, this inner code inside stadiums where everything is allowed that it doesn't make sense at all because if you're racist, you, I mean, maybe not racist, but if you do something racist, it's racism. So essentially, the Inter fans have chosen to. This, this is the thing. Sorry, not Inter fans. The ultras. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I, I apologize. This the the ultras have decided to side with the Cagliari ultras ahead of their own player. Sure. Yeah. This is like uh, <laughs> it's. I don't know. It's really hard, like, to explain it because the ultras culture is really, really tight in Italy. Like all all the. Ultras uh, groups are really, in a way or another, are linked. It's like uh, they feel like there's an ongoing war against them. Try to like push them out from uh, from the stadiums. So they say, "Hey, this is not racism. Uh, this is just things happening. Please accept it. This is the thing." But they honestly, like as you said, you just say interference. That's how the whole world. Uh, uh, got the news. Even CNN reported the news of Inter fans saying monkey chants are not racist. So this is like how it went down. It's uh, 
worldwide image damage for Serbia, honestly. The Federation didn't react. They did nothing at all. Uh, what did the club do? They released a statement in which they said uh, we're going to found out the, the guilty. And I mean, let's let's give get, give the club credit. It's a big step for from what happened against Juventus when the president went on TV and said, no, 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 no nothing happened. Oh, when Moise Keane yeah, was, that's right. was abused. That, that, that was the, the, the last fans. episode. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you have to give them credit because we had this summer a great example by Juventus. Uh, they recognized a fan who mocked Torino fans doing the the plain gesture mm-hmm. uh, in referring to the Superga tragedy. They recognize him and they ban him from the stadium for five years. Probably it's the first time in Italy that he happened a thing like that. So give the club credit. Let's see how it roll out. Not really positive about that. So mm. let's see, honestly. My God. Because, I mean, what's going to happen with Cagliari now? Because it's not... Nothing. It's, it's the third time that it's happened with him. It happened with, was it Mitweedy, Keane and now Lukaku? Yeah, we have yeah. Montari too. I mean... I mean, maybe Cagliari has a long story, but as I said, like, all Serie A got a big history. Like, uh, what I said before about the zero tolerance is that after Internapoli, if you remember, they closed San Siro. Mm-hmm. And they say, no, not from now on, racism will be like a high matter for the Federation. But we had like at least three clear cases of racism that has, hasn't taken by the Federation. So you see that it's not really the thing. I mean, even the political situation might give you the exam- the, the idea that right now racism is not a real problem in Italy, or at least it's not treated as a problem, but as a solution rather than a problem. So, so it's a long way, honestly. It's a complicated one. Yeah, It's a for very, sure. very complicated one. So they won't be docked points? No, no. Nothing no, like no, that no. will happen. No. Nothing at all. I mean, I told you, like, the after the game, they say that uh, the, they will open a further investigation. Just probably to find out the the guilties, but again, okay. Uh, <laughs> I know it's it's so astounding that this that they can happen on a repeat basis and sure. and nothing's done. I mean, it's I, honestly it's it's sorry, but like to to explain it, it's okay. really it's really hard. They, they have they have all the power to like. Uh, disturbing the games if, if you say okay if from now on th- there's a rule that says now on we if we hear uh, racist chants we're gonna stop the game mm-hmm. but you're actually giving the power to the ultras to stop the game anytime they want ah. so it's it's tricky honestly it's really but tricky. sort of thing that's something similar happened in France of yeah course. exactly what is happening yeah, yeah what you were talking about uh, should we talk more about the football then yes please okay so Inter <laughs> yeah uh, title contenders sure yeah, yeah. No, 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 don't give me this because it, it, it's, it's going to be Juventus. I mean, okay, you, Juventus is far, far away from uh, from everybody else. But if you, I mean, and the work Antonio Conte is doing in Inter is really palpable. From the first friendly, you can see how, how the team plays, how they try to build up the action, uh, how the, those little uh, measures you always take, they are already there. The, the board both in Lukaku was the first target he had and if you give him the players he wants then everything like can be for the, for the best honestly my only uh, let's say what could hold him back the fact that usually Conte is special when he had just one uh, one league 
he won Juventus with Juventus the title when he only had to play Serie A. Same for Chelsea, he wasn't playing in the, the Champions League. So this might take away a little bit of concentration because they are in a group with Barcelona and Borussia Dortmund. So they might take away a lot of uh, energies. But other than that, I see them like real contender. They're already tough. Again, usually a game like the one in Cagliari, they don't win, they won. So mm. it's, it, they are there. They are there, honestly. So ideally they finish fourth in their Champions League group. Don't have to play Europa League. Knocked out of the Champions League. They can just concentrate on the league. Yeah, but knowing Conte, you will like go big for both competition. Honestly. Ah, oh, okay. Who else? Napoli. Napoli a little bit. The game against Juventus was a little bit boring for them because yeah, okay, they came back from through three nil to three three, but the first hour was honestly terrifying. They played like, like after the first Juventus goal, they disappeared. Like uh, they didn't play. Uh, the um, only the change the Ancelotti made during the half time because uh, Insigne was injured and to bring in Lozano has changed a little bit the the situation. If they can make like the step a little bit more about like on a mental level, they are there because as I said uh, on, on our previous. Uh, it's the only project uh, that has come from one. It's again, it's the only project that it is at the second year between mm-hmm. the first three teams. So they have an advantage in, uh, in this way. All the players know each other. Ancelotti is still a great coach, honestly. Uh, so they, they are there. They just need good dressing rooms. Yeah, that's for, that's for sure. Like, Did anybody else see this video? No, I haven't. Matt, you see it? No? Uh, no, I heard about the news, though. I Their heard about dressing room is basically falling apart. Yeah. I mean, uh, we are 48 hours, 70 hours away from their home match in, in the league. And they have no sinks, no showers, mm-hmm. like nothing. There is still like a building site. Mm-hmm. And this is uh, an, um, something that came from the university games that Napoli had during the summer. The, the conflict between the city council and the club is going on, I would say, since forever, honestly, uh, as, I, as I remember. So I will see how they solve the situation. Okay. Have you ever been in a top team's dressing room? Uh, yes. Which one? Wembley. Oh, nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty fancy. Um, that's it? I was in Ajax's a few weeks ago. Filming. You can check that out on YouTube? Yes, not yet. <laughs> not yet? Very soon you can check it out on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah, filming, uh, filming a piece with Ajax. Um, there's a hot tub in the bathroom. That's pretty cool. Like a... Proper jacuzzi. Proper jacuzzi. Yeah, you... you Super nice seats. You're little playing... dock to charge your phone, because that's what's important these yeah. days. <laughs> no shit, they have a little dock to charge your phone right beside the jacuzzi. No, 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 not <laughs> beside the jacuzzi. Oh, Each okay. player's dressing room. Each oh, player's okay. locker. Yeah, you got to be tweeting. Yeah, of course. I'm gonna be yeah. tweeting. you, you got to say Focus good three points, game. we go again next week. And a few others, maybe not as... Nice as those two. Bruni, you ever been in one? Yeah, actually, when I was a kid in ah. Brazil, they, you know, those kids that they take um, on the field <gasps> with them. You were a mascot! Actually, <laughs> I was much. super mad because my cousin got to go instead of me because he was smaller than me, and so he was like the choice, and I was, I was, I was bigger. So well, you got left I, behind. But I could like visit, but uh-huh. I couldn't go with him. But, oh no! Yeah. It's a devastating tale yeah. from your childhood, right there. I was in the Arsenal one, which was super fancy. And look very, very nice. I was also in the Norwich one. Not quite as fancy. <laughs> I actually have a great story about that. I mean, I was also a mascot for Spurs. That was great. 
We really? Is that Teddy Sheringham, yeah. Teddy Sheringham? Yeah, video of it at home. Back th- April 2002 against Liverpool. I remember going in the change room. I was nine years old and I was like, wow, this is, this is crazy. Holy <laughs> shit. But I, um, my, my little um, cousins, um, the boys are... Well, they're not so little anymore. The boys, they're all big Arsenal fan, the whole family. And he was an Arsenal mascot against Roma in the Champions League. And they, they turned up and uh, his little sister does not care for football whatsoever. And Roma didn't have a mascot. And they were like, oh, do you want to do it then? And, wow. she, and she was like four at the time. You can check it on YouTube. Yeah. She was like four at the time. And the whole family were like, yeah, sure, why not? So they got her in the tiny Roma kit and she walked out in Totti's arms. No and, and, and way. She didn't care. And she didn't know football. <laughs> and she was like four years old. So it's my, Totti. Yeah, but like the thing is, it was... My, my cousin, her brother, uh, it was his day. Like, he was going to be the Arsenal yeah. mascot. And he walked out. I think, I think Abue was captain. Oh. I think. And okay. she completely stole the show by, you know, being a kid who doesn't care about football, walking out with Totti. I mean, I'm sure if you're an Arsenal fan, walking about it with Abue is lovely. But I, Totti. It might not have been Abue. I think it it was Abue. I don't know. I'll, I'll, it's on YouTube, obviously. It was only about right. 10 years ago. Arsenal Rome in the Champions League. I'll find it. In wow. Because, yeah, it's very, very funny. I was a ball boy at Derry <laughs> less glamorous I don't know if Derry probably the worst ground in the world uh, yeah not very glamorous at all mm. wow Toddy though and and she's like white with like really bright ginger hair like the least Italian looking kid like I can imagine <laughs> oh that's fantastic yeah. Roma they're not going to be title contenders, are they? No, okay. not at all. <laughs> Poor Roma. Um, Sari and Juventus, how are yeah. they fitting together so far? Pretty good, honestly. Oh, yeah? More than I thought, yeah. Because uh, I'm sceptical about that one. I'm still sceptical. Sceptical, okay. yeah. More, again, on a metal side. Because uh, if you remember last year, Sari at some point said, I can't motivate my, t- my, my players. This is a big issue. Like if you have to handle with big personalities in Juventus, mm-hmm. I think that bringing back Buffon was something to stop this, uh, this lack. Oh, that's interesting. I've, I think so. They okay. might need some big personality back there, mm-hmm. honestly. And bringing back Buffon might be uh, a solution. Again, no, they play, they play good. Uh, if you see the, the action for the second and the third goal against Napoli, they are pretty, pretty good. It's sorry, sorry style. Still don't know which lineup would be the, the best for them. But he brought back Douglas Costa. Yeah, he's amazing. He played amazingly in the first two games, honestly. Douglas Costa? Yeah. Watch out for him because I my bet for him as MVP on, on the league is on. Already? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. If he, he stays fit, nobody can stop him. I yeah. love these rash, you know, predictions that like, <laughs> might come back to home people. I know, but no, it's just amazing how he played like uh, against Parma and Napoli. He played like amazingly, honestly, yeah. Okay. It, uh, the little change he made is for Ronaldo. He's playing more and more in the into the center of the of the attack. He still starts from the left, mm-hmm. but he comes more and more into the center. Let's see how he tackled the Higuain Dybala situation because Sarri has fallen in love with Dybala, but they tried to sell him like for the entire summer. So now they have to like to bring him back on a mental level. Let's see how it goes. It will be it will be funny to see. Aaron Ramsey. Has he, has he done anything yet? Or? He's injured. Oh. No, 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 wait a minute. I think he's back. Again, I think that if he stay fit, let's say for four or five months, he can be a pivotal player for you. Really? Will he start? 
I think so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you, you remember how uh, Napoli played with Ansik, the cutting man into the penalty box? Yeah. I think Ramsey will do the same and better. Okay. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. And does he speak Italian yet or? I'm not sure. I think he made a video when he the first day with the Juventus shirt. Or just saying ciao and yeah, something something like that. He already trolled the Arsenal fans with a little Instagram stories. Oh, did he uh, during the U Champions League draw? I say uh, thrilled to be back again and into the Champions League. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, they're gonna be okay with Chiellini? if the league play like last season. Yeah, okay. honestly, honestly, yeah. Uh, it's big big miss honestly because it will be out at least for four or five months so let's see but again uh, even uh, Demira the backup is really really good yeah, <sighs> yeah. they're gonna win everything the team the team is there they can only lose honestly it's upon it's upon them okay any other Serie A points you'd like to mention before we move on there's obviously angry fans in Sampdoria yeah be, because like the the selling of the club is going longer than expected mm-hmm. it's supposed to happen by the end of the month so basically uh, Ferrero the president is selling the club to a society led also by Gianluca Vialli Sampdoria Sampdoria legend so they Chelsea just, legend yeah mm-hmm. uh, the angry came from a, an investigation on Ferrero who so he's supposed to be stealing money from uh, from Sampdoria. We're talking about two point five million. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Uh, so this angry starts there, and there's ongoing going. Sampdoria played terribly the first two games of the season. They lost badly, so all the anger is there. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Ferrero, anything to do with Ferrero Rocher? No, no, no. Shame. Yeah. Best sweet out there. <laughs> is sweet, what would you call them? Ferrero Rocher? Sweet? Yeah. Chocolate? Con- confectionery? Something along those lines? Chocolate. Chocolate? <laughs> okay. Matt, England played. They did. <laughs> Two Twice. games. Yeah. Twice. Very good. Yes. Anything we're talking about from these games? Well, Harry Kane? A lot, yeah. Um, Harry Kane. Apparently, he takes 50 penalties in training. Yeah, this whole thing blew up so much after the Bulgaria game. You oh, knew okay. he was going to miss that one against Kosovo. <laughs> like, I just, as soon as he won it, I thought he was going to miss because people talk about it so much. Yeah, I mean, he's... That's obsessive. Yeah, but I guess... yeah. I, I The main issue I, I had with um, England fans, so-called fans and Harry mm-hmm. Kane fans, and yeah, being a Spurs fan, I will back him up and be slightly biased. But people seem to take real offence to him scoring penalties. And against lower lower ranked teams as well, they don't see it as a real goal. Yeah, as a real goal, and oh. it, I don't know. It just it blows my mind. When I was a kid, I was always told and always saw that being able to take set pieces is just another string to a striker's bow. Why have a striker who can score when you can have a striker who can score, take penalties, free kicks, corners, the lot? Well, I mean, how is it? How is it lesser? I think scoring a penalty or taking a penalty is a very particular skill and to be able to do it as well as Harry Kane can do it I don't know why you would denigrate that it just I think it comes from jealousy there can't be another reason (laughs) I saw I see obviously I don't know if you I I was getting called out on Twitter on Monday night for saying something stupid I can't remember what did you say um, oh so I got off a Watford fact wrong and those Watford fans started hounding me for it oh. but whilst I was on there getting abused on Twitter um, mm. nothing like getting abused yeah, on Twitter yeah <laughs> all too well Ian um, oh don't yeah. I know <laughs> uh, there was 20,000 messages of abuse <laughs> I got once there was something um, obviously from rival fans saying Kane just scores penalties 
And was like, well, well, he doesn't. But all right, if that suits your agenda. Or Kane scored against Bulgaria, Kosovo, blah, blah, blah. He's nowhere near Alan Shearer or Jimmy Greaves. And then someone pulled up Shearer's record of scoring against lesser teams mm-hmm. and it all went quiet. And I just, it, it really made me sort of wonder that the England fans, especially when you're England captain, you're the main striker. It's just abuse unheralded. It's just... I mean, goal's a goal. A, a goal is a goal. And uh, someone tweeted the other day saying calm down it's just a hat trick against Bulgaria and I was like yeah you're right I'd rather we won 1-0 just than 4-0 mm-hmm. if it meant that he doesn't score I'm sure Kane's really bothered what you think and he replied going yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh, just the, the, just a ridiculous argument you've I'd got love, to score I'd love to score a hat trick against Bulgaria I just want to get the chance as, as a football fan yeah. I want my striker to score the reason he scores tappings is because he's in the box because he's yeah. a striker I don't want my striker 50 yards out he's no good there but also <laughs> the reason why he's scoring those goals is because his positional sense is, yeah. is fantastic so he knows where to be that's uh, that's yeah. amazing that, that's and, and that's, someone someone else commented on YouTube saying oh, Harry Kane's so slow though I said well that makes it even better that he gets into these positions because he can't wow. even do it quickly that means he's even quicker uh, in his brain if yeah. he's actually slow I just people coming up with the most nonsensical arguments yeah, where nonsense. if you're a striker yeah get the goals I don't care what I else I think this is just nonsense from the international break There's yeah, no class. yeah you have to talk about people stuff. are just going yeah, crazy I, yeah just yeah. jump on any conversation but possible. I did I did make the good point that well, you say it's a good point. We'll be the judge it, it, is, it is an excellent point that when keepers and defenders keep clean sheets against crap teams, you don't say they're filling their boots. Yeah. Exactly. Mm, that was a good point. The, the point I made yeah. was Alisson and Van Dijk um, got 21 clean sheets last right. season in the Premier League for Liverpool, right? Only three of those came in the 10 matches against the rest of the top five. Does that mean they can't do it against the big Five? No. no, it means the big five have better strikers. I mean, does it not count when they keep a clean sheet against Cardiff, Brighton, and Huddersfield? Of course, it still counts. Yeah, they like, can. It just, it just, you don't imagine stat padding just by keeping clean sheets. I'm sure Liverpool fans would rather they kept clean sheets against the poor teams than just let them score. I did not expect this rant. I know. It just, it, <laughs> he's so angry. He's angry, isn't he? It's not angry. It's just if it, only it's people like could see his face beyond the realm of what I thought was possible. People can see our faces together later today. Yeah, they can do. Or is it tomorrow that it goes out? Uh, tomorrow. goes out on Friday. The One you Football can English see, channel. Yeah. yeah, you can see me and Matt together doing our thing. But that's my little rant because it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it just okay. doesn't make any sense at all. No, I'm with you on that. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Uh, so Harry Kane, good. Yes. Fans. Raheem Sterling, very In- good. England fans, bad. That's what you want to say. England fans, bad. Okay. Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling, I would argue, is the Maybe, and maybe this has gone a bit too far, and the, the three of you can, can hold me back. Maybe top three players in the world right now. Uh, He's on pretty, form. pretty good. And since he, I mean, don't give all the credit to Guardiola because obviously he's doing it himself, but he's the way he positions himself now and he's not just running in direct mm. straight lines he's the way he times it all now and he's added a whole other goal scoring element he even scored with yeah. his head he's, he's, he's brilliant unbelievably he's un- good yeah unbelievably consistent I think that's what always separates the, the great from the world class as a consistency like he's got to do it for a lot more years to be in that Messi Ronaldo conversation oh he's but not there yet but just right now at the moment and it's not even now the last few games it's the last, last year at least mm-hmm. yeah the last two seasons mm-hmm. he yeah. played really good just yeah. so I'm, I'm not being too crazy by saying he could really? be top three right no, now no not at I all I mean in the top three Messi and Ronaldo are included 
<laughs> this is the thing. Oh, yeah. I, I'm so bored of their top. Them being in the top three. Can we not just if, let's if say top three without them. Okay, yeah, man, it can make sense because they're a sort of different level. For okay, everybody. no, it can make sense, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now I would say, uh, look, we all know France is going to win Euro 2020. They're my favourites, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> the champion du monde. <laughs> she loves to get that in any I chance. Should I say that again? Any sort of conversation you have with Bruno, she just gets that in. It's annoying, really, especially as an Ireland fan. I think England, and again, this is annoying as an Ireland fan, are realistic candidates for Euro 2020. A lot of games in England, final in Wembley, bringing it all home. Um, Yes, I, I think even regardless of the venue, they're still okay, competitive enough. I think forward-wise, they're up there. It's them and France. Mm. I don't think anyone has a better front. France probably have a better defence. Attacking area, that's the one problem. Problem with England, they're missing a world-class centre midfielder and central defender. But A midfielder who can keep hold of, keep hold of the ball. Yeah, I mean, there's not been a Gerard Lampard scholes for England since they left and there's not been a Terry or Ferdinand so those are the two areas I think for England that they could be their undoing but that's not to say that other teams the Dutch for example are brilliant in defence and midfield but I think they lack a real striker when things aren't going so well to mm. sniff them out a goal they're playing with Depay Babel and Promise who are three wingers slash attacking midfielders well Depay yeah. is Depay he's tearing it up for Leon right now yeah. isn't he yeah, he is, yeah. but I still think a, an actual goal scorer the Van Persie Huntelaar Van Nistelrooy mould yeah, yeah. has yeah. been missing from Holland did, you, did anybody see Van Persie last night oh I saw the goal actually <laughs> no but did you see what happened so Scholes had this magnificent one touch pass oh yeah, 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 no yeah, yeah thing. but if you watch the video that follows on Van Persie ran onto the ball and eventually just tumbled over <laughs> <laughs> He's got a bit of grey hair on the sides yeah. these days. Uh, yeah, I've so unfortunately England realistic candidates. That's disappointing for you, maybe for me. Yeah, not. I'm for excited. You. <laughs> um, international break usually a good bet for sacking your manager or for seeing a manager get sacked, and so approved with Javi Gracia getting the chop at Watford. One point two goals so far. Not won a league match in since April. Seems like a right decision to me. Yeah, this is something that I didn't think about before I got hounded on Twitter on Monday night. Oh, because you um, were defending him, were you? I, w- I wasn't defending him. All I said was I thought that Kike Sanchez Flores managed Udinese because the club owners own them, but he didn't. No, he didn't. So no. people went nuts. Anyway, despite this, though, I, I thought it was a bit harsh to sack him after a few games. The, qu- the, the reason being, and as it was pointed out to me on Twitter, not once since April, I think it was... 13 points out of the last 13 games which you know is pretty shocking for not, not good um, yeah as you said one in four this season two goals the issue I have is so why so early when this is clearly a dip in form if there was something really wrong with the way that he play with his style don't give him the summer to work with a team don't back him in the transfer market with millions get him out get the guy you want in with the right style give him the money don't back the guy Right. If you backed him in the summer, and it is Miley Saar came in for twenty eight million, I think, from mm. from Ren, I believe. From Ren. Yeah. 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 Um, don't do that. Don't give your manager all the time and all the money if you're just then going to go. Yeah, that's not good enough. We're firing you. I because well, sorry, but what I'm saying is that if the basis of the football wasn't there, if it was there, then they'd be like, you know what, we've had a bad run, but we still believe in your football. 
Well, I didn't. I don't know if I would have invited you on today if I had known it was going to be so much ranting. But no, <laughs> that wasn't ranting, uh, was it? <laughs> what I would say is that I th- I would suggest that the cl- the results uh, say that he can't motivate the players anymore. That's true. That's what it would suggest to me. Yeah. Okay. And uh, that that was probably a little bit evident at the end of last season, but he'd already got them to the final of the FA Cup. So maybe they just said, well, we'll give it a few games in. Somewhat knee-jerk reaction, maybe, but they're conceding a huge amount of goals. And Watford have a history of changing the manager. I think it's, I've written it down here, 11th managerial change in over eight years. It's not bad. I just wonder... surprising at all. That's like Palermo level, isn't it? I mean, coming from an Italian property, like... (laughs) I mean, last season, Udinese has changed three coaches, if I don't get wrong. Three coaches and Brazil have a hit. I mean, Brazil, Brazil is all oh, yeah. the time. They it's swap managers every two crazy. weeks. Crazy, yeah. It's yeah. Absolutely I just crazy. don't understand how Kike Sanchez Flores is like the ultimate answer. Well, he's not the ultimate answer, but I think he brings a certain level of defensive solidity to Watford, and mm. I think that's what they're prizing. For me, I think they've written off half of the season now. You can't sack Flores in the next few months okay and if anything well if anything happens between now and Christmas he can just turn around and say yeah it's not my team I need at least one transfer window yeah they've written off the next four and five months he gets that well he puts them into a bit of a shape he says okay I've got a little bit of performance here give me one more one or two more players and then we stay up and you're he's got a free shot what I mean yeah yeah oh yeah yeah yeah. he's got a free shot Mm -hmm. but but Watford they could finish bottom of the table and Flores has already got his excuses lock and loaded and for me I see Watford falling away now oh poor Watford yeah uh, you wanted to talk about Man United Leicester this weekend I did I found four very... games five points all Man United yeah it's all I very know. average I, I find it a very sort of I know it's early in the season it's Uh-oh. only the fifth game but here, it's here comes another rant just get no, ready no no it's ready, another people. rant bring it on bring it on <laughs> very much I feel this is a, a I hope Bruno brings point. a bit of calm to this in, in, in a few minutes <laughs> it's a turning point for both clubs because Man United are in danger of slipping out the top six and Leicester want to break in and this for me would be the real statement if Leicester can go and win wow it just you, yeah. you're seriously suggesting a changing of the guard here if if Leicester can comfortably beat United, right, and leave them with five points out of five, and Leicester are third at the moment, they're, they're unbeaten. I think they've got eight, I believe, the two wins and two draws. Um, and move on to 11 points. I really think that's a massive sort of statement. It's not the be all and end all, because as I said, it's the fifth game. Mm-hmm. Still 33 games after that. Yeah. Um, but it would be massive, considering as well it's at Old Trafford, um, you know, and the last time against Crystal Palace at home ended in a massive shock and yeah I, I would think it would start to put pressure on Ole Gunnar Solskjaer a little bit considering and no disrespect to the teams they haven't had a huge test just yet but considering yeah that Leicester are probably many people's favourites to break the top six mould this is a big game Solskjaer 6-1 to one to be sacked 6-1 to one. and of course they're going to get Allegri in <laughs> I don't know they say you want to take one year off Oh, it'd be yeah. perfect for United, though. Oof, yeah, no? I don't know. He's, oh, okay. he's, he's I, got, he I think Allegri's got the the man management skills to. I mean, yeah, with he, Old he, he, he always claimed that he wants to uh, trade in a foreign league. Hmm. Might might be the the spot. Let, let's see. Let's see. Honestly, I think it was a bit tried after the mm. the Juventus experience. Honestly, I mean that must be draining. Winning all those trophies. No, no, oh, but, it, but it, even in winning, it was attacked from yeah. all, all sides, from the fans, from the media, from the club. Like 
it wasn't like the top guy. No. I, th- I think okay. what would be worse for Solskjaer is if Sanchez and Lukaku have blinding seasons. He, they, 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 will, they will have. I know. And he'll, he and United have. will look so much more foolish yeah. if they if Inter get further in the Champions League, not further, if they go far. And if Lukaku and Sanchez are pivotal to this, it'll come back more to... True. They've been good players all along, but it's Solskjaer who couldn't get the best out of them. I could see Leicester holding back United failing to break them down Leicester beating them with like say the pace of Vardy I could see it happen Harry Maguire against his former team too oh that's true I could see I could see this happening I'm I'm worried for Ole I think it's the big game really big game Mm. Uh, as for Chelsea same point as United after the same amount of games things don't feel as negative with Chelsea though yeah I think at Chelsea there's a bit more leeway considering what Lampard's obviously trying to do United's team is looking a bit of a mess they obviously can't attract the players that they wanted to they want a ridiculous amount of money and there's unhappy players in the squad that's different at Chelsea. Everyone knows that Lampard's giving youth chance. Everyone's delighted, you know, that Tammy Abraham's doing well, that Mason Mount's, you know, in the England squad now doing well. So I think Chelsea fans and the Chelsea board uh, are in more of an understanding phase of we're going to have to stick with Lampard. Mm-hmm. He's sticking with the youngsters. This is where we want to be in the future. With United, I think there's a bit more panic. But again, with Chelsea um, playing Wolves, similar sort of feel to it. Are Chelsea the ones yeah. who are going to slip out? Are Wolves the contenders for the top six? So again, much like with Leicester winning, if Wolves win, it could signify a bit of a, a change in the tide. I think both of those matches. I was pretty surprised by Chelsea, to be fair. I hasn't didn't watch any of Lampard game at Derby mm. County, but like when the, the you had better things to do than watch Lampard at Derby yeah, County. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but like when the team is there, when the light is on, the team is great. Like mm. they can like give. Free for goals to anybody. The problem is when they turn off the light, like the team disappear. Like I saw the Leicester game, for instance. They mm. played a great first half, but the second half was just like yeah. terrible. They got lucky. They draw. Honestly. Yeah, oh, wait, that that would to me would be the signal of a young team, though, True. right? Who True. haven't quite got the I level mean, of concentration. You have to have and... The the guy to play Mason Mount, Tommy Abraham, mm. like they have to yeah. play. They have to start and play in Champions League. It's not like that easy. The pre- the pressure is there, so. Even if it's a transitional moment, I can see good things. I mean, they have the probably the skills to reach mm. the top four. They can mm. they can do it. But again, as as you said, like the game against Wolves might be like mm. people top for a, for a season. Yeah. I'd be worried about their defense. That's what I think most Chelsea mm. fans would be would yeah, yeah. Uh, would see. I mean, selling as crazy as David Luiz can be. Uh, like he would have been useful to have yeah, there, yeah. at least for even half a season while Chelsea uh, are, are stabilised mm. a bit more so Wolves took four points from Chelsea last season uh, could you see them do it again? yeah there's no reason why not I don't I, Chelsea have lost that sort of air of invincibility yeah mm. especially at Stamford Bridge yeah um, uh, and I just think yeah I think Wolves can definitely take something they would have taken heart from that Leicester game for sure and Sheffield United went and got a point there last time as well. Ah, true. So, Sheffield yeah, I don't think it's bad for for Lampard. Chelsea know, fans know what they're getting. Their team isn't falling apart like United's is. Chelsea yeah. are actually building something. But yeah, I think it could be a big game and I'd back Wolves to take a point. Oh, very good. Bruno. Yeah. No ranting. <laughs> That's strictly Matt. I'll sit so. further away next time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we just have a Matt rant section. Yeah. 
there's a lot to talk about from the French team and their two wins. But mm-hmm. first, you got to explain what happened with this Albanian national anthem. Yeah, well, very, very awkward moment for France, definitely. Um, the Albanian team was lined up to hear the anthem and they're like started to look at each other like there is something <laughs> wrong. Um, basically, it was the wrong one. So they realized <laughs> that a little bit too late. Um, turns out it was actually the Andorra anthem that France was supposed to play a few days later on, on Tuesday. Oh, God. And so they refused to kick off before the correct anthem was played. And then it was eventually played after that. But the, the game was delayed for, by like seven minutes. But meanwhile, the speaker said like he was apologizing to the Armenian fans. So like... <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. Somebody got fired. <laughs> yeah. That made it even worse. Um, it's not the first time, of course, like the a wrong anthem is played in, in an international team. Mm-hmm. But this time he went so far that the Albanian first minister, his name is Eddie Rama, said in a tweet that Emmanuel Macron, the French president, had expressed his sincere apologies for French football federation's scandalous gaffe. Like he, he was really, really, really it upset got to about diplomatic it. levels? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can understand it, honestly. Yeah. 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 I mean, they made a mistake and then they double up. Like, <laughs> yeah, they did. It was. It was. How terrible. did they? How did they play the? They so they played the right anthem in the end. Yeah, they played. How did they, the right did they play it over YouTube or something like that? I don't know. They yeah, do? there were memes. <laughs> there were memes where they were like, you know, uh, imagining like the guy like trying to figure it out on on YouTube which one it was. They they just like reversed them basically. They reversed the Andorra and then and and the Albania one. Because I don't know if it, it's certainly. A, a, Certain games they play, they have a band that plays, right? Is that the same in France? Or? No, they just played. They oh, just they just blast it out over speakers. the speakers. Yeah. Okay, they they hook the computer up to Spotify. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. I hope that it works. <laughs> For the Ireland rugby team, they play two national anthems. Wow. There you go. One after another, or just pick and choose? Uh, no, I think it's one after another. If I've if I've remembered that correctly, because the the rugby team is includes Ulster so it's all four provinces whereas obviously the football team is divided into north and south ah hey um, a little history a little history lesson section, isn't it? yeah <laughs> we've got the Matt Rance we've got the educational uh, the educational section uh, so as for the football itself Kingsley Como yeah he was you'll pretty, say it much better than I do yeah he was pretty inc- uh, Kingsley Coman okay <laughs> But so, he has a crazy name, right? Yeah, like, it is. Kings, Kingsley, Kingsley is an amazing name. But he had, a, attitude. <laughs> he had a bit of a revival, right? Yeah, right. He he came back after, after being injured for a very long time and mm. he totally took his chance to, to shine. He scored three goals in two games. Um, he was there for everything, making making all the danger for France. Like He really uh, put himself in a place where he could be a good replacement for Dembélé that is also injured or Mbappé when he's not available like right now. Now, um, so it's pretty good for him. I think he scored some points with uh, Gigi Deschamps. Okay, and uh, Ikone. Yeah, wow! Like he was, he was the surprise. Really, um, he scored a goal for his very first game, his very first goal with. Oh, France he scored on ever. his debut. Mm. Yeah, oh, how nice. He scored, and then he also uh, delivered for for Coman in the second game. So it was pretty like he it looked like he didn't have the pressure at all. He just it was his very first time. He said that he was really nervous before, but actually like he didn't look like this at all on the pitch. So it's a very good surprise. He will also be like a good option for Didier Deschamps if he ever needs like somebody else to be to be there as a backup. Oh, 
it's annoying how much France have in store but Griezmann missed two penalties though did see that yeah he did one in both games yeah but I, I, is Griezmann the natural penalty taker for France yeah yeah oh, he's, he, he actually oh. scored I think three in the World Cup yeah and you yeah. should talk to Harry Kane Harry yeah. Kane knows all about it even the song that like they, there is this uh, guy that did a song in France became really famous you know after the World Cup and in the song he says Antoine Griezmann penalty and like people say oh you should change the lyrics of the songs because like that doesn't work anymore <laughs> it, it's, it was actually a first that he that um, a French player would miss like two penalties in two games one after the other oh. is the first time that happens apparently so yeah well, I think you've got a few other players that could potentially uh, <laughs> yeah. take that. Uh, Lucas Hernandez. Yeah, well, he also was out of the French team for like a year. And mm, he came time. back totally as the boss in the field. He did everything. Uh, one assist for Giroud. And he calls the penalty, actually, the first one that Griezmann missed, unfortunately. So I think he also like totally got his place back. There is no questions about he, he would stay at his place. Oh, okay. So two wins without half of your best team. <laughs> no. You should let Pogba take the penalties next time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, as for League One, we talked a bit about the homophobia controversy uh, recently. There's been another update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the president of the LFP, Noël Le Gray, basically said in two interviews that he doesn't want the games to be stopped because of homophobic chants or banners, but he does think that you have to stop it for racism. So that what? like create a big controversy in France because he's making a difference between the chance that could be homophobic mm-hmm. and the chance that for him are for sure racist. Like for him, it's like there is a big difference and it's not really um, practical and not really good for the games to be stopped all the time like this. And also like he feeds, like you were saying before, Andrea, like he gives the power to the ultras to stop the games. And so like he believes that like he encouraged the fans to, to keep doing that because what happened first is that because they were being tough on that matter, the fans decided to protest. And so they had banners against the league. And because of those, those banners, then the games were stopped again so it's like he wants to avoid this circle basically but of course like it's very controversial and the minister of sports um she just she said that this wasn't this wasn't okay that this wasn't a good method that you shouldn't make a difference between those two and they talked apparently before the french game in the stade de france and so we're waiting for like an official statement of what's going to be uh, because he was saying that he was going to tell the referees to not stop the games because of that anymore. And she wants the opposite. She wants to show that like they are in a straight line, that they want to be really firm with those with this topic. And like, let's see, we don't know yet what's going to be the, the official decision for the next games. <sighs> yeah. I'm done with people, really. <laughs> Except yeah. for you three. Nice. Except for you three. I'm done with people. Okay. Uh, in terms of 
actual matters on the pitch this week the big game is Monaco Marseille yeah big wow. game up on Sunday just f- two points in four games for Monaco it's not going very well for them is it yeah well it wasn't going very well last season it's <laughs> not going true. very well at the beginning of this season yeah but I think there is definitely hope for them because they have been oh. through a lot of changes this summer um, they just welcome a lot of new faces so we have Islam Slimani we have Guillermo Maripan we have Jean Jean-Kevin Augustin, uh, who also has a great name. Jean-Kevin is incredible name. Um, and of course, <laughs> Jean-Kevin. 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 Is he from, from Leipzig? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he's on the loan, actually. Knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, Wissam Benede, who was the, I think, the the most expensive transfer in Ligue 1 this summer with 40, 40 million years. So now they can just hope that Leonardo Jardim is going to be able to manage all that in a good way and transform the team the way that he was before. And that all like this money that they're spending wasn't a waste, actually. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and Marseille is also in kind of a strange position. So this game is definitely the one to watch, I think, this Sunday. It's almost two sort of fallen giants, really, going up against each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Marseille had a very different situation. They didn't recruit it a lot. Um, Mm. They're a little bit more stable. Um, They're still like in in the top six. Like it's very different from Monaco, who was really like almost going to League Two last last season. But they're the ones that that we're saying basically we have to watch to see which one is going to be able to go further and be better this season. Okay, so you're guaranteeing a win for Marseille. I'm not sure. No? Oh, Never okay. know what happens with those two. Okay. Uh, final question. Neymar. Yeah. Is he available for PSG this weekend? Because he played for Brazil. Yeah, he did. And he scored, right? Yeah, he scored. Um, he didn't score uh, yesterday or this morning, according to the time that you, you are. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's, he's available to play. The problem is that... Um, that whole summer thing. <laughs> yeah, the whole summer thing, but also he he is available to play against Strasbourg this Saturday. But the problem is that he played, as I was saying, at like which is five in the morning today for France. So some it's like we don't know if they're going to say that he's too jet lagged to actually play. Oh. Um, and that's going to be sort of an excuse as well, because there is still a lot of tension with the with the with the fans and it's going to be in Paris. So the Parisian the Parisian team Paris is sending messages to the ultras to ask them not to have any banners against him. But I mean, they cannot control absolutely everything. They're just asking. So let's see what happens. And there was like some new stuff uh, with the whole summer thing. It's not completely over, unfortunately for us. So an interview was published actually today on Sport. And Messi said that he would have been really happy to have Neymar back, that he believes to, to negotiate with Paris was really, really hard. And yesterday, Neymar's dad, uh, who's also his agent, he's is also his agent, was saying that he he was actually really happy um, that the negotiations, the, the talks are not over yet, and that Neymar was really happy back in Barcelona, and like it's sort of like you know this this feeling thing because then he heard that he's 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 
the players asked him to come back and so he was really moved by that and he wanted oh. to come back and so he opened completely the question again but there is not a big chance that Neymar will come back this year at all um, it was already said that he's not coming back we this, have to deal with winter. this again next summer yeah apparently oh. next summer yeah so we this still is, have one year too. This is why I'm done with people. Yeah. <laughs> this is part of the reason why. Okay, so we've got a couple of questions. Uh, Varun from India who says, hey, so this might seem like a quick, a tricky question, but bear with me. Due to the racism in English and Italian football in particular, do you think that players of colour will think twice before going to either of these countries? No. No. no, no. I wouldn't have thought mm. so. Nah. I no. hope not. You would hope not. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's that one. <laughs> dealt with pretty easily and Vian says uh, my question is what league will have the most sackings this year P.S. if you do a live podcast which we were talking about uh, last week uh, consider my country of residence Mozambique (laughs) the capital uh, Maputo as the people are warm and friendly and love football I've never been to Mozambique me too uh, so Dan wanted where did Dan want to go Bristol yeah Dan wanted I, to go to Bristol I or Brighton I understand uh, I mean Bruno suggested they said the France for a live podcast oh, yeah, that seems nice. more up my sleeve than or up mm. my uh, street than somewhere such a Dan pig <laughs> come, on. come on Dan uh, so what league will have the most sackings this year anybody want to guess on this one well I'm going for Italy again yeah, yeah. <laughs> not bad rates I think there will be a sack maybe already next week to be fair oh who's going uh, sorry Conte Montella oh no uh, I feel bad for him but oh not Montella uh, I don't know like, we all love Montella yeah but the club spent a lot of money this summer honestly if they don't get on track like pretty fast I don't see him being there for a long time. I don't see them getting on track very fast. I mean, they play Juventus after that game. They, I mean, if they can get points from Juventus, then everything will, will change, honestly. Are they home or away? Home. Oh, then okay. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a pretty, pretty cool game on Saturday afternoon. The one to watch, honestly. Nice. Good yeah. way to spend your Saturday afternoon. Yeah. Spending mine with Benny Kulhoff. Yeah, it's not as not as cool. Uh, lastly, Bruna, there were a couple of big women's games over the weekend that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, you well, want to start in Manchester or Barcelona? Barcelona, I think. Okay, go. Um, that. Yeah, that was it. It was brutal. It was a it was a crazy <laughs> game. I mean, uh, so Barcelona played again the soon-to-be Real Madrid uh, that was bought by Real Madrid that is still called Tacon, and they. Oh, they're not called Real Madrid yet. No. I think they're still called Tacon, oh, okay. yeah. yeah. And they won uh, 9-1. Yeah. So, But it was the very first woman's unofficial classical. So that's already like, that's already good. We're improving that. We're getting to a point where someday we're going to get maybe like a, a game that is more balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just like Leon, I mean, yesterday they also won 9-0, I think. Um, it's just crazy how the levels are still very, very mm-hmm. different. And for there is another first. That was the Women's Super League City United Derby. 
And it took place in front of a huge crowd. It、mm. was more than 31,000 people. I don't know exactly the number. And it's a total record. So that's pretty good.、Cool. There was also an amazing goal. So please、uh, watch women's football. It's it, worth it. I, I saw the goal. I can't remember the goal scorer, but it's absolute belt. Yeah, like I don't know how to pronounce You already told me Caroline twice. Caroline Weir. Caroline Weir. I can see totally. Amazing goal. Check it out. Going on the market and buy the best players. They already the have. They've signed one up. For next season. Ah, there you、I、go. I can't remember her name, but I, they're officially Real Madrid women. I can, I can see him spending like a lot of、yeah. money on that. I can see him being motivated by that classic. Yeah, 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 that too. I mean, he stopped the Hamas thing after the derby during the ICC. When they won seven one,、mm, I don't remember. Yeah. Seven three. Yeah, seven, he, he stopped the、uh, the sale of Hamas to Atletico. So、yeah. why not? Okay, that's all from us today. My thanks to Andrea, Bruno, and Matt. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can listen to the back catalog on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, wherever it is. Get your podcast hit. And if you want to get in touch, the address to do so is podcast at onefootball dot com. Bye.